wanted to um, just continue our uh, little series here. Um, uh, we're calling the playbook. And some of this is, is kind of recapping uh, some of what Pastor Guide's kind of all about already. Um, these first two in particular, but what I want to do is um, talk about, so, you know, uh, last week we talked about planning and, and uh, having a life plan and all that. And uh, I think life planning is just a, a critical part of leadership to be able to have a vision for who you are and what you're doing and what God's called you to and, and do some regular kind of assessment around, you know, how am I doing as a person, you know, not just as a ministry leader. In fact, life planning is very specifically not about ministry, right? And which is, I think, a temptation for a lot of us to really just focus on, all right, are we winning? Is the church growing? How am I as a pastor? And all that's really important and critical. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, but the life planning process is a good reminder, like, first and foremost, how's your relationship with God? And what are your what are your kind of goals and desires around that? Not to make a, make it all too strategic, but to go, hey, you know, are you having a regular, you know, solitude time? Are you having a regular, you know, connection? You know, even if it's just annually getting away for a day or two, are you having those times? Is that getting done? Um, and then, you know, how's your relationship with your wife and your kids and all that kind of stuff, your health and your extended family? Man, that stuff's just massively important. And I think especially important, this is a little bit of what we talked about last week or two weeks ago now, uh, is one of the things that we're looking forward uh, to, and I don't mean that we're, we're happy about it, but I just mean it's in the future. And, and I think this is something we're learning right now in real time with the way uh, culture is going and pastors are falling and all of this is character just matters more than ever uh, publicly. And, and I, I know that almost sounds, I, I hate to say that because, you know, hopefully character has always mattered. Um, but we're seeing, you know, such a sensitivity around um, some of these uh, character issues um, and, and they're really blowing people up. And as pressure uh, kind of mounts, you know, I use this illustration all the time, but like, you know, the table my, my computer's on, if we start pressing on it, we're going to find out pretty quickly what the weakest parts are, right, uh, of the table. And those weak parts already exist but it's the pressure that reveals that, right? And so what we talked about, and we, I talk about this all the time in my coaching calls and when I consult with churches, the, the future is only gonna ramp up the pressure on us as pastors and on our churches, right? So trust in pastors is at an all-time low, church attendance is at an all-time low, belief in God is all-time low, and I say all-time, our lifetime low. Um, and, uh, and, and so all of this is just increased pressure. And so what's going to happen is as the pressure mounts, uh, the parts about our life and character and heart and ministry and all of it that are the weakest are the things that are going to crack first. And when those things crack, that's got real life implications uh, for our ministry and, and really for the rest of our lives. So, um, so, you know, the life planning process is a, is a helpful way. And if you are uh, not a pastor guide member and just on this call, uh, you know, we have either, you know, you can sign up for pastor guide. It's just a cheap, it's 19 bucks a month, monthly charge. Uh, we want you guys to have access to it. You can buy individual modules as well on the website. If you don't want to do the whole membership, uh, you can just buy a one-off module that, that looks interesting. Uh, I think those are $59 or something like that. But we want to keep them as, as cheap as possible because we just, we look forward, I look forward in particular, and Brian and I were just talking about this, 
the future is fraught, you know, for the church. It really, really is as fraught as uh, I think it's been in my lifetime for sure. And so those areas of weakness are going to get exposed as the pressure mounts. And so if there is uh, weakness in your marriage or weakness in your parenting, there's weakness in your relationship with God, there's weakness in whatever, your physical health um, is one that I see guys ignore all the time. Um, and and, I, and, I, and I, it concerns me uh, because as, as the pressure ramps up, it's those things they're going to break first. And so the life planning process is, a, is an opportunity for us to take a step back and go, okay, where am I at on all these things? You know, let's take an honest assessment. Where do I want to be? What are the most critical things we need to uh, address and, and so on and so forth? So that's what we talked about two weeks ago. So I, I know that for those of you who've been around, uh, have been around uh, uh, Pastor Guide for a while, some of this like life planning, Brian and I have talked about, you know, a dozen times probably. Uh, and you've, you've heard us talk about that a lot. And, and so today, even with personal development, this can sound like something like, really, we're going to talk about personal development. And yes, we are. But we're going to talk about it with the this kind of new reality in the future we're walking into in mind to go, how can we best prepare and where do we need to grow uh, as leaders and as pastors and as people uh, to be better prepared for what I think is just flat out a new reality uh, when it comes to church. I was talking to a pastor that I coach uh, just last week. And I said, hey, what's what's your strategy for, you know, how are you thinking about it? I mean, need like a hard strategy, but like, how are you thinking about the future in ways that your church may have to adjust to meet these new challenges? And and his answer was, you know, we're just going to preach the Bible, you know, verse by verse and be faithful and do the sacraments and all that. And man, I believe in, in the power of all that stuff. I do. I really do. Uh, I preach verse by verse. We preach through books of the Bible. I'm a big expository preacher, um, you know, believe in the power of the sacraments, believe that those are means of grace, you know, in their way. Uh, but if, if our response to a changing world is to just to kind of do more of the same um, without a willingness to, to engage those things and go, okay, let's not stop preaching verse by verse by any means. I don't want to do that. But like, there's a difference between preaching verse by verse expository sermons in a, you know, Christian, uh, majority culture Christian, uh, where church, you know, is the norm, where the Bible has authority, where the pastor has authority. Like in that reality, there's a way to preach through books of the Bible in an expository way that makes total sense. In an environment that is you know, post-Christian, whatever that exactly means, but secular and skeptical where the Bible and pastors have very little trust um, and every tr all that trust has to be earned. And much of what we're saying when we preach expository sermons is massively countercultural and contradictory to the, the, the ethos and the zeitgeist uh, of our culture. Um, I, that has to be different right? Like it has to be different. And so it's not that we are going to do a bunch of different things. I'm not, in fact, I just wrote a blog. This week's blog was about the importance of preaching. I think preaching has never been more important than it is today. Um, and it's certainly not less important. So I'm not advocating for that at all, but I am saying that the way we preach has to be, has to adjust, uh, to match the need of the moment, right? Like uh, so we'll, we'll talk about preaching more in a future um, 
future pastor guide because it's something that I think about a lot. I've got a, a book kind of in the works on preaching and preaching in this kind of culture in particular um, that I, I, I'm excited about and I think is really important. Um, not that everybody needs to hear what I have to say, but but I think you know the more voices we we can have talking about the future of preaching, I think the better. But um, when we think about personal development, and so that's kind of our topic today, you know, normally I, I would argue it in any environment that personal development is massively important um, for, for really four reasons. One is in general, if you don't choose to grow, you will not grow, right? If you don't make the conscious decision to grow, you just will not grow. Growth is hard. And it only happens when we intentionally cultivate our own growth. And this is true no matter what the subject, right? You want to learn something. You want to get stronger uh, physically. You want to have a better marriage, whatever area of growth, unless you choose to do it and choose to do it intentionally, it won't happen. Uh, our, our lives and bodies are in a natural state of atrophy, right? Like we're lazy. And when we don't do anything, we don't grow. You don't accidentally get better at something. You have to choose to grow, okay? So two, if you don't choose to grow, you will shrink, right? I, the illustration that makes sense in my own head is the idea that um, we're on like a, one of those people movers through the airport, right? But we're going backwards on. So unless we're walking faster than the people movers moving, we're going backwards, right? If we stand still, we go backwards, right? So I know it's not a perfect illustration because I got to explain it too much, but the idea is like, unless we're running hard, we're, we're getting worse because things are moving. The world's passing us by. If I, like I skipped my workout this morning, I'm getting fatter today, right? Like I'm getting weaker today. I know that if you don't regularly stretch your muscles to 90% of their capacity, they are atrophying, right? That's just the reality of our physiology. So if we're not getting better, we're getting worse. And especially in a rapidly changing culture, if we're not getting better, that rapidly changing culture is outpacing us, right? And so we have to grow just to keep up, if nothing else. Third, uh, if we don't choose to grow, our ministries will not grow. And I don't just mean attendance, though that's certainly part of it, but I mean, grow to meet the moment, right? Grow to meet the new challenges that are in front of us. Um, leaders are the lids on their organizations. For, for us, leaders are the lids on our churches, right? We are that lid. Whether it's a church or business, growth depends on the capacity of the leaders. If the leaders aren't growing, neither will your church. And again, I'm not concerned primarily about church growth, you know, and attendance and all that. That's an outworking of other, of other healthy things. I just mean, is your church taking next steps? Are you growing in community? Are you growing in effectiveness? Are you growing in a heart for, for the lost? Are you growing in your gospel centrality? Are you growing in any of these areas? Because if you're, if you're not growing, your church is not growing uh, in those areas. And then lastly, if you don't choose to grow, you won't hit your goals. You'll be disappointed. Everything, whether it's stated or unstated goal, you won't hit it. And uh, we all want to grow. We all want to see our churches grow. This is good and it's healthy. If we don't prioritize our own growth, we'll be disappointed at the end of our lives and live with deep regret. Okay, that got a little dark, but um, we, we, we got to grow. And, and this is something like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know all you guys super well, but I am a competitive person. I'm a pretty driven person. I want to get better. Right. 
And one of the things I always take my coaching and consulting clients through is when we set goals, we really try to set goals that are uh, that are process goals, not ends goals, right? Like that they are means goals, not ends goals. Because I think we have far more control over the process or the means than we do the ends. Like we can't do, there's not like a mechanism that we can do that will make the outcome be better. Like we can't control the future. God controls the future. And so what I want us to be thinking about is, what are the areas of development that we need to have in our own lives, right? And we're all in different places, right? Like in, in terms of our ministry life, uh, Pat is in a different place than, than Jason and Keith, right? Like uh, all of you guys are in different places. And so, you know, development is going to mean different things. And so what I, what I want us to do, and, and I want us to talk about this, make this a little bit more collaborative. I want to kind of set the table and then talk about what are some areas where we think we need to, to grow and develop and how, how could we do that? Um, so the, the, the big, big picture ideas, I want three, three steps I'm gonna walk you through um, and then, uh, sorry, four steps. Then we'll walk you through really quickly. And then we're gonna take a step back and go, okay, what, what are these areas that we need to grow in? So personal development, four-step process. One, define the win, right? In order to grow, you have to know what you want to become. The first step in the development, uh, personal development process is to clearly define the win. Who has God uniquely called and gifted you to be? What role do you play or want to play? Uh, and, and like having some definition around that, I think is really important. Okay. So again, in a, in a neutral environment where we're doing this maybe for the first time, or we're doing our kind of annual refresh on this stuff. Um, I think these are important things to go, okay, I feel like God's called me to be, uh, you know, I'm speaking for some of you guys, the lead pastor of my church and my, for my role to look like this, for our church to look like this, for it to have this kind of impact, for me to have this kind of role in my church, in my city, in my denomination, whatever it may be, I feel like this is what God's called me to be. And having a, a clear picture of that. Um, I think it's really, really important to be able to go, that's, that's what I want. If I, if I don't know what I want or what I feel called to, what I feel like God has for me, um, then, then it's hard to know what to aim at, right? I am a goals person. I like having goals because it just focuses me. I actually am not super concerned about whether or not I hit my goals. My, the point for me is to have a destination in mind. It's like going on, a, uh, getting in the car and not knowing where you're going to go. You're never going to get there. You're going to wander, right? As long as you have a destination, you may run out of gas before you get to that destination. But if you got a destination in mind, at least you know the path that you would take to get there. Okay. So define the win. That's one. Define the, what, what, what the goal is. Two, own your reality. And, and again, all this stuff is in way more detail on Pastor Guide, you know, modules and, and all this. So I'm going to do an overhead and then I want to talk specifically about this moment. So, sorry, could you say that again? Hey, watch. Sorry. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> uh, it freaks me out that she's listening though. Uh, all right. Number two, own your reality. Okay. And this is the hardest part, right? So in the own your reality section, you have to be as honest and objective as possible. And I want you to rate yourself on, on kind of the skills and gifts and, and abilities that you've already identified as being the most important part of the job you want or the role you want to play, right? So this is kind of the self-assessment phase. You go, okay, I want to get there and I'm here. And it's that part of going, I'm here 
um, that I think is really, really important. So again, just to use our road trip uh, illustration, when you go to Google Maps, you have to put in two things. Where do you want to go and where are you starting? And then a lot of times it's current location, right? That's the current, that's where you're starting from is your current location. What I want you to do is define what is that current location. Describe that current location. Describe where you are, who you are, and, and be as honest as possible about that because it doesn't help if you don't accurately describe your current location. Okay, so that's two. Number three, narrow your focus. You can't get better at everything all at once, right? You have to pick one to two areas of personal development that we're going to focus on for this next season. It might be preaching, it might be leadership, it might be vision casting, it might be staff management, it might be something for your church. You need to really focus on groups or something like that. And, and, and keeping it focused on what is your part in all that is really important. But I would narrow to the areas that you have that would have the biggest impact and the biggest gap between who you are and who you want to be. Right. So what, what are the, the two or three things, max one to two, probably things that are the biggest impact of areas of growth and the biggest gaps right um, between where you are and where you want to be. So narrowing to one or two things that you want to get better in and then step four, make a plan. How are you going to get better? Right. This is where the kind of the whole thing gets real. You have a vision. You have a defined reality. You're laser focused. You got things in place. Now you need a plan. How are you going to grow in these things? If you don't plan it, you won't do it, right? And, and I want to give you four quick categories. These are categories that I use in a bunch of different uh, kind of uh, situations, like discipleship. I use these categories, uh, and, and preaching. I use these categories all the time. Here are the categories, and it, it uses the word, the acronym PREP, P-R-E-P, and I've tried to make that cooler, and it's never really come together for me. So PREP. People, resources, experiences, and practices, okay? People, resources, experiences, practices, prep. These are four categories that I use all the time uh, to, to help people think through what are the things that are affecting you now and will affect you into the future. So what people do you need in your life to help you grow, okay? So that could be a coach, could be a consultant, it could be a friend, it could be your partner, your you know your wife partner. I've lived in LA too long, uh, in Seattle. Uh, your your wife. It could be a number of things. It could be somebody on your staff. Who do you need in your life to help you grow? That's people. And who do you need to eliminate is also a possibility, but you can't name your kids. All right, resources. Right. What books, classes, courses, degrees do you need? in order to get where you want to go. What do you need to learn? And I, most pastors I know are readers. So oftentimes we end up books. Uh, we need to read a book, but it's not always books. And sometimes you need a, a more practical resource that's actually going to push you forward. So people, resources, experiences, right? So that could be an intensive or retreat, uh, repetitions in another, uh, you know, in these areas, uh, or visiting another church is a great way. It's a great experience, way to kind of open your eyes and broaden your horizon. A little bit. So people, resources, experiences, and then practices, rhythms, habits, and schedule. And this is going to be actually the most powerful of them all of the four rhythms, habits, and schedule, because it's the stuff that happens over and over and over and over and over and over. And over. Okay. So prep people, resources, experiences, and practices. That's how you make a plan. It's the use of those four things in your life to push you forward towards your clear goal where you've established what not only the destination destination is, but also your starting point. You've been focused on one to two things uh, and you're going to grow in these areas. So that's the lightning fast version of personal development. Again, it's all on the website, pastorguide.com. 
um, way more detail, paperwork, you know, worksheets for you to uh, use to, to walk through that stuff. What I want to talk through now for the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, however long you guys want to be on here, is where what are the areas we think we need to grow in in order to meet the moment that we are facing? Okay. So if you have questions about anything I've said so far, throw them in the Q&A, not in the chat, throw them in the Q&A there at the bottom of your screen. And we'll get to any questions that, that we want to get to. Um, but I also want us to think together. And, and if you want to put it in the chat, just remember to, uh, to tag everyone and not just host and, and uh, uh, that, because that just goes to me, uh, host and panelists, go to everyone. Um, but what are the areas that we need to get better? And, and while you're thinking about it, I want to suggest a few things, okay, that I think are, are going to be really relevant and important for these, for these coming years. First, I would say uh, your character, right? That, that whatever is going on in your life, and we all, it's not a question of if, it's what, right? We all have the weakest part of us. We know, or we ought to know, what is our area of temptation, right? Is it, is it sex and lust? Is it money? Is it uh, uh, a desire to be liked and accepted? Is it um, you know, alcohol or drugs? Is it you know, some sort of other addiction? It, what is, what's your thing? What is, what is your, uh, you know, is, is it pride? Is it arrogance? Is it an inability to be wrong? Is it like, what is the thing for you that, uh, that is the most likely, if, if you were gonna make a bet and say, and someone came to you and said, hey, in the next 10 years, you're gonna fall. Right, you're going to have a, a character fall, and you got to bet on what what the reason why is. What would that be? Okay, and I want you to identify. You don't need to put that in the chat by any means, uh, but I want you to identify that because if you don't know what that is, that you're going to die. Like that, that you're they're going to get you. Um, you have to be. You have to know what that is. You have to be vigilant about that thing. Uh, like for me, I am not tempted by money. I'm not tempted by, you know, addiction, alcohol, any of that kind of stuff. For me, for my whole life, it has always been pride and arrogance at hundred percent. And is, uh, you know, I, I once had a counselor tell me that I'm a people pleaser and I'm like, heck no, I'm not a people pleaser. I said, I said, I don't care if people are pleased with me as long as they think I'm awesome. Right. And, and I said it out loud. It was one of those moments where you say something out, you're right, out loud and you're like, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to admit that out loud, but that's the truth. I want people to think I'm awesome. I want you to be impressed with me. I want you to think I'm great. I want you to, to, to basically treat me like a demigod. I want the glory that only God deserves. So if something good happens, I want the glory. I know that about myself. And I know that that drives me to certain ends. It drives certain behaviors. That's the core brokenness inside. It's not, not to say it's the only way I, I sin, but that every, almost every sin is connected to that core desire to be awesome, to be the winner, to be the best. Um, and so I, I know that and, I, and I've identified that myself. And I think you need to identify that in yourself as well and, and make a plan for personal development around that. Okay. So that's one character Two, preaching, preaching. Uh, I think there, there is going to be a need for a shift in the way we preach. Uh, and, and I think it's two things. One is, I think it, we need to uh, change, uh, the way we approach the text 
um, I think oftentimes we come to a text and say, and, and we're going to talk way more about this in a future pastor guide, but the short version is, I think most of us uh, historically have come to a text and said, and wanted to know, what does it say? And like, let's get it right. What does it say? And then we turn that, what does it say into a sermon, right? And we just go straight from, here's what it says. Now, let me tell you in a creative way or in an interesting, winsome way, what it says. And I think that we are skipping steps. And now we have to add steps to that process in order to meet this moment culturally, which is to say, what does it say? We got to get that right. Can't skip that step. But we also now have to go, okay, what does it say? What does this mean in terms of like, how is this contradictory? How is this, uh, it, the phrase we, I would use is counterformational. How is this countercultural uh, to the world? And now, how am I going to demonstrate that this, that what it says is not just true, but it's better? And it's more, it's more satisfying and it's more life-giving. And I want to demonstrate that, not just claim it, right? And that's the work of basically um, kind of apologetics, like heart-level apologetics. How can we make these things not just true, but logical and compelling as well? And so I think preaching is a big part of this. And, and again, we'll talk more about this in the future. Um, I think the third, and then I'm going to ask you guys to chime in on the chat or the Q&A. Um, I, I think we've got to be thinking about how we are building um, a, a thick, overlapping, uh, and, and, and genuinely helpful community. Um, and, and man, that is not me. <laughs> that is not something that comes natural. So I, this isn't like the hyper-relational guy going, guys, we got to be hyper-relational. That is not my deal at all. But the more I look out into the future, the more I go, um, people are going to need people to, to support them when, when things get tough. Um, and that's going to mean support like emotionally, it's going to be support intellectually, it's going to be support financially, it's going to be support physically, like people living together, supporting each other. But I think we're going to need to really start building thick, thick community to support one another uh, in, in this, in the future. So I think some of those skills are, are going to be really, really important. So, so here, here's what I want to do for however long you guys want to do it. Throw in the chat, what is an area, what is one or two areas of personal development that you think you need to be thinking about for the next six to 12 months? What are things that you need to go up? Oh, somebody already bailed out. They didn't want to answer the question. Uh, so they took off. Uh, what, what is something that you think you need to get better in, uh, in, in the, in the next six to 12 months, throw it in the chat if you're willing to. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Cause I think there are a lot of things. Um, I mean, I think organizational leadership, cause I think our church is going to have to just get more efficient and better at doing the things that we're doing, because we're not going to be able to afford the luxury that we've had, which is, um, assuming people are just going to come and know what to do and give and serve and, and all those things. I, I think those days are over um, or, or getting over and we need, we're going to need to work harder at being, you know, better at our jobs so that people don't kind of slip through the cracks. Uh, we got to earn every bit of it. Um, and, and, uh, and so I think we need to keep getting better at that.
All right, Keith says, I struggle with being liked by others. The main issue with this is accountability of my staff team. Yep, totally get that. Totally get that, Keith. Um, that's a tough one. That's that's one of those where you go, I don't want to tell you that you're failing, but you're failing and it's hurting us. It's hurting our church. It's, you know, people aren't being served. People are falling through the cracks because people aren't doing their job well. Uh, but man, that that moment of like, do I care more about you liking me or do I care more about our, our church functioning effectively? Um, Jake, uh, Jake says uh, vision to clarify and communicate vision. Good. Uh, and organizational leadership, primarily staff and key volunteers in the next 18 to 30 months. Good. Good. Yeah, that's um, that organizational leadership thing, uh, Jake, is is a really good call out because I think um, it's one of the things that seminary least prepares us for, really. Um, and and, and uh, it's something that we've done a lot of work on. We've got a whole um, kind of staff management system here at Pastor Guide that we walk guys through um, that, that goes from like, what's your vision to what's people's part in that vision to how are we holding accountable to meetings, rhythms and accountability rhythms. And I think that's super important and often something we don't get enough of, uh, in terms of training. Uh, Jason Williams says giving responsibilities away. Jason, you're, uh, as I remember, you're a church planner at the beginning of, of your process. So yeah, this is a, it's tough. It's a tough tension because there's not a lot of people to give things away to, and uh, you're not paying people very much uh, because they, you know, or at all because you're at the beginning and there's not a lot of money. So, um, you know, it's tough to trust people with that stuff. So uh, it's good. It's good that, that that's on your mind right now because it's something you've got to be good at or you'll never, you'll just, you'll either die or you'll never get past 50, 75 people because if you don't delegate, uh, you're in trouble. Uh, Jason. Uh, Bellar, uh, I am taking on direct leadership of groups at our church, so need development there. Needs a complete overhaul, man. Good luck with that, Jason. That's uh, my memory. Jason is your uh, you're the XP, is that right uh, at your church? Um, so taking on groups, that's another that's another challenge. Um, and I, I think the um, I think the groups are groups are going to need to be uh, different. I think in the future, and that'll be a part of a future uh, uh, episode of Pastor Guide in this playbook series. I think we're going to need to think about groups differently. And I may expedite that one that that week uh, sooner just to address some of those issues because I think that that's a that's going to be a big big deal. Uh, all right, um, and then Brandon says for us, it's definitely the community piece you mentioned. That's an there's some overall hunger for it for which so we have great momentum. That's good. Yeah, I, I think the community. And I think the more we're seeing it here in LA for sure, um, the more uh, the more difficult and challenging, the more secular of an environment you're in, I think the more important community is uh, because people need to have people that aren't uh, that agree with them. I mean, honestly, as I'll, I'll say it as simply as that, we need people around us that are going to agree with us and are going to uh, you know give us that sense of like, okay, I'm not alone deal. I'm not the only crazy one. There are other people who think this way and there's a strength and there's a support in that. That's really, really important. So yeah, it's two of those. So maybe we'll expedite that that week here. Uh, and then Pat says, shepherding people through change, balancing that God will work it out, take care of us, the practical helps we need to provide conversations uh, uh, and then have the conversations to have. Yeah. 
yeah, Pat, that's that's going to be a big one for you guys. And, and I'm glad to be able to help you through that process uh, and, and excited for that. But yeah, um, change and transition. That's one of the things, you know, is, is we are having to make transitions in our churches to meet this need going forward. Um, I think that uh, one of the things we're going to need to get over as leaders is the fear that, oh, if I make changes, people will leave or people will be upset. And there's a difference between uh, people don't like change. That's true. People in general resist change. Um, and people will, you know, that that, that that resistance is then actionable, that, that because they don't like it, then they will do X, Y, and Z. And that's where we can get into kind of some dread spirals and worst case scenario spirals where we go, oh, but if we make this change, this, this, this is going to happen. And that's where, again, like means versus ends is really important to go like, this is the right thing. And I, I can't control the end. I can't control what's going to happen. I can't predict what's going to happen. We can sometimes assume that we are uh, divine in our ability to, to name and know the future. And we're, and we're really not. Uh, Kevin says development and care of leaders and staff. Yeah, that's super important. Um, and again, you know, we've got a whole staff management system. We've got leadership development pipelines. Uh, at Pastor Guide, we've got a lot of those resources for you. It's why we exist. You know, uh, maybe we can wrap up with this. You know, we started Context Leadership Group as kind of the combination of Context uh, Staffing, Pastor Guide, and our coaching efforts. And to go like, we just, man, we, Brian and I just care about the church. And I think the church is the hope of the world. And, and, uh, and, and, and yet like, it's hard to be ready for and meet the challenge of this moment. And I don't have all the answers. Brian doesn't have all the answers. Brian probably has more answers than I do. Uh, but we, I've been at this 20 years. I planted three churches successfully. We're replanting one now. Uh, and so we've seen some things, Brian's been around 30 years and we just care. We want to be here to be a support to the church, to help you guys grow as pastors and people, help you grow as preachers, help you grow as, as church leaders, uh, because your church is in many ways, the hope of your city, right? The, your, the, the, the illogic and foolishness and stupidity and craziness of, of, you know, secular worldview and a lot of this, you know, the uh, kind of progressive ideology, it's insane. And it, it's a snake eating its own tail and it's tearing families apart, it's tearing people apart. It's making people question reality in ways that make no sense. Um, and your church is the hope, you know, uh, it's one, you know, one of many churches I'm sure in your city, but it is the hope for those people to have something that makes sense. We're doing a series this fall called Making Sense of the Nonsense. And we're just getting after all of these nonsensical ideas that are floating around in our culture and showing how the scriptures give us a, a, a sensical uh, vision for those things um, because uh, it's, it's wild. And so we want to help, you know, pastor guide, coaching, consulting, staffing, all of it is designed to go, okay, how can we help the church be the church and do that in a, in a really successful way? So i um, glad you guys are here. Glad you guys are a part of this uh, process. Um, if you want more help, reach out to me, Justin at contextstaffing.com for any of it, even if it's just conversations, uh, you know, quick one-off questions. I've had those with, with guys on this call uh, um, a number of times. So uh, hit me up because we want to help. And uh, thank you, Brandon. Appreciate that very much. It's encouraging. Um, uh, we'll keep writing. I got, uh, we've got uh, two books uh, that are in some stage of, of process that I hope will be helpful 
Uh, and we just, we're, we're with you guys uh, along the way. We want, we want you to be successful because we, we believe the kingdom of God is the hope of the world. So love you guys. Uh, have a great week. We'll be back in two weeks. And so we're going to do every other week for a little while. Uh, Brian should be back for that one in two weeks. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, excited for you, praying for you. Love you guys. Have a great two weeks.